0: But no place like home. No place like being with some of the most... I think you're a better-looking service than the last service. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Come on. You should, you should definitely. You're better-looking than the last. Uh, uh, most of you. Yeah, all of so, so, so Well, you didn't give me the feedback that I needed, so uh, I don't want to, you know. So, But we've been talking about the fact... Oh, i better say hello to those who are watching or listening online. It's great to have you as part of our Connect Church family. Can we just put our hands together for... So it's great to have you joining with us, and if you're ever in our area, we'd love to have you join one of our services. So we've been talking about culture for the last little uh, while. We've been uh, talking about the fact that every church has a culture, and Connect Church is no different. It's what we, we value, and sometimes in church life we know what we're doing. We don't always know why we are doing it. And so we're, we're spending some time looking at Connect's culture, the why we do what we do, and over the last few months we 've looked at a tale of uh, two churches, and we asked the question, what type of church do we want to be and what type of church do we not want to be we 've talked about vision that we want to, our vision is to connect people to Jesus and their purpose and we don 't make up our own vision, we get it from God, and his, his heart is to love him first and then love people, love our neighbor as ourself. we derive our, our vision and, and, and our values and all of that type of thing from really what God has spoken in his uh, word and through the Great Commission and uh, uh, so so on. And so we've talked about our values, what things are important to us, one of our... Values, obviously, uh, people are a priority. Another one's excellence. We want to do things with excellence. Again, we're not saying perfection. Excellence isn't perfection because we're not a perfect church. How do I know it? Because I'm here and you're here. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm preaching good. I mean, we're here. We're here. here, We, you know, but someone said, I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, don't you join it because you'll spoil it when you go in there. All right. Because there's no, the the, the reality is, excellent is is what? It is doing our best with what we have. And the most excellent way is the way of love, it tells us uh, in Corinthians. And so we've been walking, Walking through our values, we've been talking about developing a, a culture of a praise. A culture of praise. We saw that uh, praise is not a personality thing for outrageous extroverts like like Neil. I mean, Neil said he's an introvert. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? And so, 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 uh, as, as we, we saw that uh, developing culture, we saw that praise is not a personality thing for outrageous extroverts. It's a Bible thing. It's a Bible thing. The Bible says, "Let." Everything. Now listen to these words. Let everything that has what breath praise the. Lord. I'll say it one more time. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have you got any breath in your body? Oh, yeah. Praise break. Come on, Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. We're training. We're training. We're getting that culture, uh, culture going, going, going on there. We also talked about being nice, developing a culture of being. Friendly, again, just that's part of our 180. That's what we're, uh, we're doing. We're Again, being nice is not a personality thing. It's not like, well, I just find it difficult to be, be nice or whatever. No, no. We, we understand being nice is, and, and friendly is not a personality thing. It's a Bible thing. Jesus said this, if you don't believe me. John 13, verse 34, a new command. A new command I give you, not a new option, not a new suggestion. It's like command. Everybody say command. I mean, it's a command. He's like, I, I, you do it. Do it. And he's like a new command. I give you love one another. And here's the beautiful thing. Is that it says, this is how people will know you're uh, my disciples, the way in which you have love one for another. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. I do. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully if you were married, you turned in the right direction because be, there's going to be trouble uh, afterwards. So, so a new command I give you, love one another. So, we're going to love people, not just love people who love us. We're going to love people who, who, who don't necessarily uh, love us. We're going to love, Bible says, got to love our enemies. We're going to love, we have got to stretch out. And again, so, so it's important that we're friendly. It's important that we be nice. Because here's the thing who cares if we can speak in tongues if we're mean in English? Can I hear an amen? I mean, it's just, oh, loud Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so we've we just got to understand that. We want to move from friendly to friendship, connect to connection. We want to go deeper. So we've been doing this because we understand why. The church is not the steeple, it's the people. We are the church. You and I are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. And and can, can I just say this? The church won't be what we aren't. The church won't be what you aren't. I mean, if we want the, if we want the church to be a, a nice, friendly, uh, uh, friendly church and you aren't friendly, then the church won't be friendly. If you want the uh, church to be this and you aren't this, then the church won't be it. The church won't be what you aren't. So it's important for us to understand we are all the church. The church is not a building. The the church is a people. Can I hear a good amen uh, on that? So the church won't be what we and you and I Aren't. we are the church you are the church so how are we going to work this out pastor Aaron I did who I think is one of the great uh, uh speakers up and coming speakers in the nation I, I think so I'm not I'm not just saying that so he feels better and sends me some money or anything I'm just saying that because I genuinely think as he uh, speaks he's, he's got something on his life it's a gift and uh, pastor Aaron I think did a great job a few weeks ago explaining how we're going to work this out and he said we want to see lost people being saved Save people being pastored, pastored people being trained and trained people being mobilized, and when we're talking about lost people saved, we're just talking about that. That's the filter we want to run everything through, whatever we're doing as a church, as a people. It's got to have that filter. If we're doing something and we've, we've stopped certain things that we'll be doing because we're like, What's the result? For ultimately, the fruit out of it are we seeing people's lives saved or or, or change? Or because we can do good things, but we want to do God's things. Can I hear a good amen? We, we want to do what God wants us to do. So, I, want to do, I, I don't want to do hundreds of things, I just want to do what God wants us uh, uh, to do, and so so as we everything's going through that filter, we want to see are people being saved? Are their lives being turned? Are people having encounters uh, with God? Then we want to see those saved people being passed. And Neil's already explained it. We do that through connect groups. That's why if you're not in a connect group, it's so important you be a part uh, uh, of those. And um, we we have like connect groups. These guys are running connect groups all through our house and whatever. We've got multiple people going. Going <laughs> sometimes it's like a bus stop. Hello, who who are you and why are you standing in our room? No, it's. Like, there's just like crazy amounts of people passing through, uh, uh, through the house. and So connect groups. And then we want past the people being trained. And that's through growth track. We're starting that, just allowing people to, to, to really grab hold of why they're here, learn about their spiritual gifts. Well, what gifts do I have? So, uh, so we can basically move to that next part of um, uh, trained people being mobilized, mobilized not mobilized, because I don't even know what that is, but mobilized, and that is so they can serve on a team. And so if you're new to church and making this church home, I encourage you to go online and uh, watch those messages and uh, just hear, hear those and be encouraged by that. But in the few minutes that we have today, I want to speak of the power of together, yeah. the power of partnership, because yeah. uh, that's something we've got to understand, if we're, especially if we're going to uh, uh, move towards you know, lost people being saved and so on and so forth. If we, if we want see that, to see that happen, we need to understand that you and I have a part to play. This is not just something for the professionals. Hello, I'm a professional. I'm a professional religious person. I'm no, no. This is something all of us have a part to play. Point at the person next to you and say, preacher's talking to you. Come on, do it. Come on, Kissy, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preacher, preacher's talking to you. Now, now you can point back at them, point back at that person and say, Well, there's three fingers right back at you. Preacher's also talking to you. Come on, somebody. That's what he's doing. He's talking, he's talking to you. But Here's the thing. Here's the fact. You have a part to play. And the fact is, if you can't and won't, well, actually, this can't or won't happen. This lost people being saved and saved people being part. This can't and won't happen unless we all play our part. Unless we play our part, unless we evolve ourselves in this, this can't and won't happen. It just won't uh, won't happen. And, And it won't happen without you. You have a part to play. You make a, you make a difference. We're, 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 we've got to do this together. I want you to understand that. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach, her, teach them how to pray, Jesus started the prayer like this in Matthew 6, verse 9. He said, our Father, the art in heaven. He didn't say my Father. In other words, it wasn't just about me. Hey, when you pray, it's just about you and what you're doing. He, he, he said, our Father. Straight away, he acknowledges that we're in this together. Straight away, it's not just about you and what you're doing and your ministry and your thing. And, well, I feel called God's going to use me doing this and I'm going to preach the stadiums and I'm going to do this. And I've got, this is my ministry. And this, I mean, I get people turning up a church sometimes. Hey, I just want to tell you about my ministry. No, it's our Father. We've got to understand it's our Father. It's about, it's about our mission as a, as a church. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. So, so, so it's about our, it's about doing it together. It's important. That we understand this. Because we can achieve more as we partner. We, we, we really can. When we work uh, together, as we said, we we're in Brisbane this week. And as I was uh, over there, I saw a newspaper article and it uh, was on stuff and I brought it here today because our very own worship leader, Shem Phillips, was on the front page of the yeah. Dominion uh, this week. Come on, Shem, you have to twirl. Come on. Just a little twirl, a little twirl. There he, uh, there he is, the architects of their own success. How many know that's not true? God's been blessing you and all that you're doing and stuff. So right, right there. But what's he on the front page for? Because he partnered with people. So he had a dream. Had a dream to create games and uh, things like that. And well, we've talked about it before when we've been talking about entrepreneurship, but he had this dream, and so he's just done a kickstart campaign that's raised five hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars to get his next game off. Uh, uh, yeah, that's worth clapping. How many would like five hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah. But he's done it. How has he done it? Through the power of partnership. Other people have come along and they have uh, contributed money to a thing. They don't know him. He hasn't met. I mean, some, I guess a few might know them. But most of them haven't got a clue from all over the world, but they believe in what he's doing. Friend, I want to tell you, you can't adri- achieve your dream without the power of partnership. Friend, you might be a businessman here today and going, well, I'll just do it by myself. You can't do business by yourself. You want to grow. You want to succeed. You have to partner. Friend, it's just something you've got to, uh, got, to got to learn. Some of the, the, the growing th- that I I've had to do as a leader is just realizing the power of networking, the power of, of, of connecting people who are with people who are doing better than you, who are doing more amazing uh, uh, things than you, so you can learn and and grow. Up. And I've just been blessed by the way I've been able to connect with different ones, and even just at Planet shake it's just people said, "Oh, I'll spend a few minutes." And, and uh, we uh, spoke with Pastor Glenn Berto. What a thing! He said, "I'll give you a few minutes." We ended up for an hour and a half together, sitting and, and just dreaming and talking. And we're hoping, just we praying that he'll be coming to our conference also. We are believing God for, uh, for that. He's one of the speakers at Planet Shakers. So we're, we're really hoping he will come and be a part uh, of, it, of that. And so, so again, the power, how does that happen? It's because I know this one and I have made uh, friendships and that just builds and allows us to do it. We need to understand the power of partnership. Because Shem has done that, he's been able to connect with all of these people and it fulfills his dream. You have a big dream? Because I, I think we should. We should have it bigger than just what we can do. We're going to need to understand the power of partnership. My daughter wrote a story. It's a cool story about forgiveness and uh, stuff. And I said, like, oh, that would be good. Just, she's like, I think I should make a book. And, uh, but she's useless at drawing. She's <laughs> useless So the power of partnership. She's drawing with Emma Weekly, She's sitting over there right behind her, and they partnered together. And then they got a publisher and stuff like that. And they've just produced their first children's uh, uh, book out there called Tim's, uh, Tim's Dream Bike, and, uh, 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 and it's available right now. And if you buy it in the next five minutes, no, 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 it's, it's not available. It's just, it's got, this is one of the first, first copies, but you actually can buy it now. It's on Amazon, it's on Kindle, it's on iBooks, it's on all the major things. So people can get this book now from anywhere in the world. How did that happen? Through the power of partnership. Partnership is a powerful thing that we need uh, to understand because we can achieve more when we work together and when we serve together. Good place right there to say amen. And we serve not because we have to, but because we want to. Not because we have to, but because we want to. What do I mean? You see, in the Old Testament, when you, when you see the, the Israelite army, you'll, you'll, you'll see them. You know Israel had many battles to fight. They had many wars. They had to uh, deal to many enemies. They had to deal to many battles that they had to fight uh, together to lay hold of the promises of God. That the promises, uh, the promised land, the, the, the promises that God had for them. And uh, of course, they didn't have fight uh, fight knights. They had fight ites. It's a little bit of humor. Okay, maybe it's not working. They had they had, they had to fight the ites. You you, know, you would know this. These are all the people they had to fight. They had to fight the Amalekites the Ammonites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Moabites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Midianites, the Uptites, the Fleabites, and those are just some of the highlights of the people that they had to, had to do battle with. But it was not uncommon to find the armies of Israel gathered on a hilltop or in a valley low getting ready for battle, getting ready to fight and lay hold of the promises that God had for them. Let me tell you something about the Israelite army that you might not have known. I I, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. As As incredible as it was, as victorious as it was, the Israelite army was not made up of paid, highly trained, ruthless SIS commandos. It really wasn't. It was a volunteer army. The whole Israelite army was a volunteer. When you read about the army coming together and fighting, you've got to understand it was a volunteer army. They came together as volunteers to serve and to fight. In fact, the Bible says they beat their plowshares, their plows. They took their plows and they beat them into swords. In Joel 3 verse 10, God said, Hammer your plowshares into swords. And your pruning hooks. How many got some pruning tools at home? Some of you like gardening. Okay, not many gardeners here. Okay, thank you, thank you. I see the hand, I see the hand. So, so it says, uh, and your pruning hooks into spears. And then it says, this is sort of insulting really, but it says, train even your weaklings... To be warriors. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. That's quite insulting, isn't it? It's just like, you know, it's just like uh, toughen up, snowflake. I mean, it's just like, uh, this is about, in the ESV, it's a little bit better. It says, let the weak say I am a warrior. In the King James Version, it's a little bit better. It says, let the weak say I am strong. But it's like, train even your weaklings. To be warriors, And maybe you're here today and you're feeling like a weakling, weakling but I, I want to tell you, we want to train you to be warriors. Come on, somebody. It's not just for the... You should get excited about that. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we've got we've to do that. But this, this is incredible. The army of Israel was made up of farmers and gardeners, people from all walks of life, everyday people, people like you, people like me. I mean, you think about David. He was a sheep farmer, the shepherd boy David. First time we see David on the battlefield, what was he doing? He was bringing his brother some cheese and crackers and pate and some other stuff for them to uh, nibble on before the, uh, before the battle. And it's important to know, why was he bringing them cheese and crackers for the, before the battle? The, the, the reason he was bringing it is because the army, even they, you had to resource the army out of your own expense. Whoa. So that they had to bring that to feed the army by the so each family would bring along food for the army, the army didn't supply the food well aren't we uh, come on surely you should no no the, the understanding was we are in this together, and so they resourced the battle, they resourced the uh, the battle they resourced the uh, the fight at their own expense with their own money you know when in first samuel seventeen thirty two Uh, David volunteers to deal with the Philistine problem. And if you want to know what is the Philistine problem, it's AKA a big, ugly, giant dude named Goliath. When he he volunteers to go, I'm going to take this uncircumcised Philistine. I'm going to take him out. Just watch this. And, 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 And you've got to understand when he did that, when he said that, he wasn't being arrogant. He, he wasn't being presumptuous. He, he, uh, he, he, you've got to understand, he was doing what all the other Israelite men were supposed to do. They were sitting up there, and they are like, oh, look at God, he's too big, he's too, he's too ugly, He's got, oh, just got, how, how am I going to do this? And here's the thing, they're all volunteers, right? They didn't, they're like, oh, who's going to do it? You can do it. Oh, you do it. You do it, bro. You do it. I'm freaking out. You do it. But then David's like, no, who's going to take I'll take on this uncircumcised food. How dare he defy the armies of the living God? That's pretty dramatic, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll do you. And, and, and so anyway, he goes out and he, he, he takes on. He, it was expected of Israelite his men to volunteer and to uh, push in and to step up and, and to throw themselves into the battle. He volunteered his services, not because he was ordered to, but because he wanted to. Yeah. Not because he had to, but because he was like, I get to. Yeah. He, he understood that because he wanted to. Now, understand this, not everybody partnered. Not everybody. Not, not everybody partnered. Not everyone volunteered to serve. If you remember the story of Gideon's army, we don't have time to, to get right into it, but he had an army of 32,000 to face about 100,000 menacing Midianites. And it's just like the odds are like there, but hey, I've got this army. Let's take these, take these dudes on. But you know, if you know the story, you know, eventually God comes to him saying, look, I don't want you to just, uh, uh, this is going to be a miracle thing that's going, going on here. So we need to clear some of these people out. So he gave this command and he said this in Judges chapter 7, verse 3. It says, announce to the people, anyone who is afraid. Now, mostly when, I, I don't know, 32,000, I'm about to face 100,000 people. I'd be a little bit nervous. How about you? I mean, I'd just be a little bit uh, a little bit nervous. He said, anyone who is afraid should go back home and we will stay here. Not enough, Gideon was thinking, oh, no one's going to move, peer pressure, all that type of thing. No one's going to go. Uh, if you're afraid, you should go back home and we will stay here at Mount Gilead. And then it says, so 22,000... <laughs> <laughs> twenty-two thousand how many know that's a lot of people. Twenty-two thousand went back, but ten thousand so okay, uh, do you know what twenty-two thousand people walking away saying, see ya send us an email, tell us how it goes. <laughs> What does that feel like? I was just at a conference where 2,000 or so people were there. And at the end of the, the thing, when the 2,000 people, escalators were full, foyers were full, it took about half an hour to get all of those people out. And that was just 2,000. Imagine 22,000 people go, have a good time, getting on their donkeys, off they go, and, and, and you're stuck there. I mean, that would have been an awkward, awkward moment. you know? it, it just take stress level up uh, a, a little bit. But how could they walk away? They weren't deserters. How could they walk away with no consequences? Because they were volunteers. They didn't have to. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to fight. They, they were volunteers. So, so not everyone threw their hat into the fight. It was a choice to opt in or opt out, and they opted out. They opted out. But here's the thing. For those who opted and in, what incredible victories they saw. What well, incredible victory. They saw Jericho walls come down, Goliath that was, uh, Goliath that was sl- slain. They saw ites get frights in the middle of the nights when they, their armies of 300 fought, fought thousands and, and saw tremendous, tremendous victory because they understood the power of together. I pray you would understand the power of together, the power of partnership, that to, that to win, we must each play our part. And so as we get this, and it's important we get this, not here. It's not going, oh, yes, that's, that's very nice. Thank you. Uh, we don't just get it here. It's important we get it here. Right. Yeah. That, that we, We've got to do this together. I've got to put my heart into it. Not just my head, but my heart yes. into this. But, and as we do that, we too will see victories. Right. We too will see battles because we have to fight battles. We too will see, see victories won and battles fought and, and, and be able to celebrate this. Because what, what I'm wanting you to understand today as I'm sharing this, just as I said with being nice, is not just a personality thing. It's a Bible thing. I want to say this, serving, partnering, volunteering, as you can see from this, from what the Israelite army did, that partnering, volunteering, serving is not just a nice thing. It's a Bible thing. It's a Bible thing. It's not like, oh, yeah, do you want a hand? I'll give you a hand. No, no, no. This, this ain't you doing us a favor. We've got to understand that you and I are part of an army. Can I hear a good amen? Good place to say yeah. You and I, I'll say it one more time because I don't think you heard me. Yeah. You and I are part of an army. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might feel like a weakling. You might feel like, I just man, I've got nothing to offer. But you have got to understand you are part of an army. And you and I are called to fight. But you can opt in or you can opt out.
1: My prayer today
0: is to stir you to opt in to say I want to be a part of that which God uh, is doing uh, through Connect Church and uh, on the earth. We've got to understand we've got a whole other family over in India at Connect Churches in India too. They, They need our prayers. They need us to do battle in the heavenlies for them and what they're walking through as well because we're part of an army. You see, you've got to understand serving, partnering, volunteering is not a personality thing. It's not just a nice thing. It's a Bible thing. See, Jesus said this, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came not to be served, but to serve. Some people say to me, oh, Pastor, I just want to be like Jesus. Then serve. Yeah. Oh, I just want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Serve. Yeah. I, just to, I just want to be a part of what, what God's doing on the earth. I want to be a part of what Jesus is, a, is about. Then serve. Because where will you find him serving? Because he did not come to be served. Thank you, Front Row, for clapping. Come on, somebody else. We've got to understand. We've got to understand this is why he came. And we want to develop a culture of where can I serve? How can I help? Because here's the thing. If they were an army of everyday people all playing their part in the battle, how much more is it true of us? We we know from Ephesians 6.12 that we're in a battle, that we're in a fight. We know it. our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. We know we're in a battle. We know we're, 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 we're in a fight. And we also know that we have an enemy, the devil. And can I just say a little aside here? I, I, I think if I was to ask you, and I won't, but if I was to ask you, you know, how many believers love the promises of God? Pretty much everyone will go, oh, amen. I love the pro- uh, promises of God because we understand. I think 2 Corinthians one twenty says all the promises of God are yes and amen. And, and we're like, yeah, I receive it. Hallelujah. I receive those promises from God. I, 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 I want them in, in our lives. But well, I, I think, here's, if I'm just being honest, I'm Pastor Adam. I love you. I'm trying to help you. A lot of people just want the promises of God to fall on their lap, but they're not prepared to have a scrap to get them. They're not prepared to have a fight. They're not prepared. Come on, I'm preaching. Good. They're not prepared to put the work in. They're not prepared to put the effort. To lay hold of you gotta to understand, to lay hold of the promised land, they had to fight. To lay hold of the promised land, they had to do battle. Right. To lay hold of that that's why the Bible talks about our struggle, our wrestle, our fight. Right. Our fight. There is a war going on, and you are part of the army. You're part of the army. We've got to understand. Uh, it won't fall in your lap. You've got to scrap. You've got to fight. You've got to struggle. You've got to wrestle to lay hold of what God has for us. A lot of people don't want to put in the work. You know, I talked about ites, or the ites. But see, a lot of people, when it comes to laying hold of the ites, are in the promised land. The ites are, uh, they're, they're in the land. They're the things stopping you. They're the giants. They're the, they're, but some of us, we get fight ites. We won't, we, well, it's a little bit of humor, thank you for laughing, Neil. Uh, I'll just say that again. Please laugh for my own well-being. We get fight Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We get fight-itis. We, we don't want to put the work in. We don't want to put the effort in. We don't want to put the, the struggle in. We don't want to put the wrestling in. We don't want to push through. We don't want to do better. We just want it to drop on our lap. But I want to say if we're going to fulfill all God has for us, we need to understand you're part of an army. You're a part of an everyday people army. I know you're not SIS train commandos. You might not be a shepherd, you might not be a farmer, you might not be a gardener, but some of you might be. But you might be an electrician or a or a plumber or a truck driver or a or a student or a baker or a teacher or or a mechanic you might be a professional manager you might be an executive you might be a doctor or a nurse you might be a police officer you might be a physio you might be a caregiver you might be a photographer a dental assistant and or an artist or a musician you might be an entrepreneur or a civil servant you might be an ambulance driver a firefighter you might be you might even be a soldier i know we have one soldier professional soldier here Give it up for Leon serving our country. Come on. Anzac Day coming up. But you're part of an army. You might be just a mom. or not just a mom. You're an amazing mom. You're not just a mom or just a dad. You're raising up a generation. You're preparing them for war. You're preparing them for a, a, a spiritual battle that they've got to have to fight all of the days of their life. Yeah, that's right. The war against our souls. Yeah. From the enemy who seeks to rob, kill, and destroy. And rob us of our joy and rob us yeah. of our faith and rob us yeah. of our life. Yeah, right. You might be a single mom. You might be a single dad. There's a part for you to play. You might be a young person and go, oh, man, God couldn't use a young person. Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, do not say you're just a young person. Do not say you're just young. Don't you say it. I, I, I will use who I'm going to use. You might say, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm older. I'm, I'm coming up 80. There's not much I can do. Listen, Caleb was taking mountains at 80. He's like, give me that mountain. Don't, don't say I'm too young or too old. I'm too this or I'm too that. Everybody has a part to play. In this army, everybody has a part to play in this fight. Can I tell you? Don't don't be like Gideon's army. Don't be uh, they're, they're like those men who just go home, who just leave the battle. I encourage you. Don't 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 get fight itis. Involve yourself in the fight. Involve yourself. In the battle, You know, the thing about the guys who walked away from Gideon's army is they ended up sharing in the victories. They ended up sharing in the victory of that which was won, but did nothing to contribute towards it. They came and went home. I'm just saying, don't be like that. We saw in Joel 3 verse 10 that they hammered their plowshares into swords. They beat their pruning hooks into spears. Ask you today, what gift or talent or skill can you hammer into a weapon for this kingdom fight? I said, well, I'm busy. Well, Shem's busy. I mean, he's playing with the big boys now. He's he's up raising money, but he gives himself to serve. It ain't no game. (laughs) He makes games, if you didn't know. So what talent, what skill can you hammer into a weapon for the kingdom fight see David brought his cheese and crackers to the battle what are you bringing to the battle what are you bringing to the fight what resources not and he brought it not because he had to but because he wanted to you know every year you know on July 1st we'll be doing our sacrificial offering we do it every year it's that time where we can bring our cheese and crackers to the fight our cheese and crackers to the to the battle and say well and you can bring some pate and some other stuff bring a full on lamb whatever just bring the lot but we know we do it on purpose we, we don't shy away from them. we don't ask for money we don't speak out we don't hand bags around or whatever but once a year every year we say let's sacrifice Somebody, when someone, I was talking to the staff they call a special it's not a special offering it's a sacrificial offering it should cost us something why? Because we're sitting in somebody else's sacrifice. Somebody else paid for this. Somebody else gave, gave us a millionaire, gave us all, all the land. How are we, you, we are sitting in somebody else's sacrifice. We're sitting in such a, a, a miracle that's taken place. And again, we want to sign out of wine. Not because we have to, but because we want to. The says don't give if you're under compulsion. Don't do it. But we give because we want to, because we want to shoot, we want to bring our cheese and crackers to the battle. We want to resource that, which we want to do, because we want to see a world reach and a, a life change. We want to go for victory. We want to, we want to be as strong as a church and as a people. So I want you to prayerfully consider this in July 1st, weeks away. but I want you to prayerfully consider even as you get a text read, about what can I sow into the kingdom. See, we can do more together than we can do apart. And if we're going to see lost people being saved, Save people being pastored, pastor people being trained, and trained people being mobilized. If the church is ever going to reach its full potential, we need to understand that each of us has a part to play. Can I just say this? Salvation is not the beginning. Salvation is not the beginning of our journey. So, sorry, sorry, so, sorry. It is the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Jet lag. So, so, salvation is not the end of the journey. Yeah, let me hear. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so you know, sometimes we, we think, I got saved. That's so I can sit back, relax. I got my ticket in. I've got, I'm in salvation. It's not the end, it is only the beginning of the journey. It's the beginning, it's where we begin. Then we've got to grow in our life. We've got to move from milk to meat. We've got to not not be babies in the kingdom of God. There's a time for that. But then he wants us to grow. You know, he accepts us just the way we are, but he doesn't want us to stay just the way we are. He wants to change us from glory to glory. He wants to come on preaching good. He wants us to work. He works from the inside out, changing us, growing us, strengthening us. It's not about just getting saved and sitting on church on Sunday. There's a call on our lives to impact the world. Speaking of salvation, I don't want to finish the service without giving people an opportunity to receive Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I pray you've understood what I've talked about today: partnership and the role you can you can play. Can, can I say this also? Don't 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 partner trying to help Adam and Eve out. Partner with Jesus. That's why we do Don't do stuff for us. Do it for Jesus. Everything we do, we do it for Jesus. But As we talked about salvation, in this moment, even as you came in today, and you, uh, as you, we worshipped and as we sang songs, the Bible, as I've already said, says that God inhabits the praises of His people. Maybe you're a visitor today. Maybe you've Come to church for the first time? Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe you've been here three times. I don't know. Whatever. But I don't want to finish the service without giving people an opportunity to receive Christ. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know that you know. You know in your knower, in the depths of your heart that your life is not right with God, and you're going, man, I need to get right. Maybe you've known what it is to walk with Him, but your love's growing cold. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've known. You're in church as a kid, and now you, you come, and you've ended up here today, and you know you've got to get right with God. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. See, the Bible says He knocks on the door of our heart, and if we would open that door, He would come in. You might be saying, Well, Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. Well, friends, I don't. But I do know how good He is. The gospel has never been about you. It's called the good book, not because the people in the book were good, but because the God in the book was good. And today, if you know that you need to get right with God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you that opportunity. If you want to be included in a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord, I need to get right with you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, wherever you're sitting, would you put your hand up high in the air? Say that's me, Pastor. Would you include me in that prayer? I need to get right with God today. Is there anyone here? I don't want to leave the service. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God today. You can slip that hand down. Anyone else? Sweetheart, and we're going to pray this prayer together. Actually, no, I'm not. I want to ask because I just felt suddenly a little prompting in my, my heart right there. I don't want to move on. If you know you should have put your hand up but you didn't, because you're worried about what people will think, can I can I just say don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about what God thinks. This is your time, this is your moment, this is your place. If you know you should have put your hand up but you didn't, would you put your hand up right now? That was it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I just felt that. Oh my step that hand down. I just felt, as I was moving away, I felt God say no. Again, give the call again. So we're going to pray this. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, another one. Anyone else? You know you've got to get right with God today. Don't, Don't fool around with Him. It's a holy moment. I can feel the Holy Ghost right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, all of us together are going to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I would ask that you would cleanse me of my sin, wash me, make me whole. May you be not just my Savior. I invite you to be my Lord. This I ask in Jesus' name.